Welcome to Kanza Radio, a weekly update on the people, events, activities, and initiatives of the Kaan Nation, people of the South Wind, on 1230 WBBZ and 1047 The Bull. Now from the Kaan Nation studios, this week's edition of Kanza Radio. Sitting down with us is Emily Douglas. She's the environmental director for Car Nation Environmental Department. Thank you so much for sitting down. Well, thank you, Lonnie. Tell us a little bit about the Car Nation Environmental Department. What are some of the primary goals and objectives? Okay, well, the Car Nation Environmental Department, we mainly test for water and air quality. We also are testing for healthy homes. So our primary goal is to make a healthy environment for our tribal members, whether it be outside or in their homes. What are some of the recent developments within your department? I heard that a recent assessment of mercury concentrations in water and fish tissue in Caw Lake was published on one of the international scientific research publishing journals. It was called Journal of Environmental Protection. That sounds like a huge accomplishment for your department and basically our tribe as a whole. Yeah, um, our water quality, we, we test for fish tissue once a year, and we noticed that there was a high concentration of mercury, and so we kind of dug further into that to see where it was coming from. Another program that you're currently overseeing is called the Healthy Homes Project. Give us a general overview of this program. So our Healthy Homes Project is to make sure that the homes that our tribal members are living in are not toxic in any way. Several things that we are testing is for lead-based paint, Most people think that that's not a big problem, but it is actually pretty big when it comes to small children. Lead is the most common poisoning for children under the age of six. It can cause slow development. It can cause behavioral issues. It it pretty much slows down the development of their brain. What are some of the tools, techniques, or technologies that you use for this? Well, um, with the lead, because we do also asbestos and mold, with the lead we use something called an XRF, which is an x-ray fluorescent machine. And what we do, we just put it against any painted surface, and it tells us how much lead is in that paint. Anything above one is considered lead-based paint. Anything below is not considered that, but we've been getting readings up to 20, 25. Oh, wow. So some of our readings have been pretty high. I remember I was on site with one of the homes that you did, and that is a very neat tool that you use. It's almost shaped like kind of like a scanning gun, and it reads on a very detailed level. Is it like parts per 100 or? Uh, Yeah, parts per 100. Okay. Are there certain tribal homes that you feel should be tested over others, or is this program basically available to all tribal members? Like, who should be participating in this? We can test any home for lead, asbestos, and mold. When it comes to lead, we are looking primary for homes that are older than 1978, because in 1978, lead-based paint became illegal and was just taken off the shelves. With asbestos, asbestos is still used today, mm-hmm. not as common, but if you have anything that you think might have asbestos, we're more than happy to come and take a quick sample and send it off to our lab. And of course, with mold, mold is everywhere. So anybody who has mold and they want to see what kind of mold it is, see how much is in the air, I we are more than welcome to come test because with mold, we don't just test the mold, we test the quality in the air. And that could be essentially any home, even if it was built recently. Mm -hmm. Any home. If you have a mold problem that you can't get rid of, I can come and look at it and we can give you some helpful hints, try to try to give you some direction on how to fix it. 
When it comes to your team that's overseeing this project, that go to the houses and inspect, you guys, you hold um, certain certifications, correct? Yes. My environmental specialist and I are both lead-based paint inspectors and risk assessors. We have a license in that. We are also mold certified. Both of us have a asbestos license as well. My office assistant, our administrative assistant, she is actually certified in asbestos as well. So if one of us is not available, she is more than capable of taking an asbestos test. Very qualified for this. That's good to hear. What is the best way to schedule an inspection? What does that process look like for somebody who's interested? Well, they can send me an email. We have You can send an email to kned at connation.com or at my email personally, which is edouglas at connation.com. Or you could just call our main office, which the phone number would be 580-269-1203. Okay. If anything harmful is found during these inspections, what steps are taken at that point? Do you collaborate with other agencies or organizations to begin a removal process? Uh, Yes, we have a grant through HUD. When we test for lead and asbestos, we have these services where we can abate. We'd have to, you know, see if you're eligible for it. We're mainly looking for children who are under the age of six, women who are pregnant, and elders. Mm. There's also determining of household income, but we have an application. You fill it out. I'm working with HUD right now to see what we can do in our next step. In terms of these inspections that you've done so far, have you come across anything potentially harmful? Um, Or are a lot of your inspections mostly looking pretty good? Yeah, we've actually come across a couple of homes that have positive lead, mostly on the outside, but there are a few cases on the inside. We've even found a home that has asbestos tile in a shed that's in their back, which is was solid asbestos. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So that it was intact, so it's not necessarily harmful right now, but it definitely can be in the future. Over time, that becomes more of an issue. Mm-hmm. So this is, a, this is a real issue that you have seen in the field. So it's really important for anybody out there that's interested to get in touch with her and schedule an inspection. Is there a deadline for tribal members to schedule an inspection? Well, our we're kind of hoping to get it done as quickly as possible. We're trying to get contractors and people to fix these problems as soon as possible, but we're looking within the next few months. So if in the next few months, if you want your house tested, then we're more than welcome to schedule an appointment to come out. Absolutely. This comes with no cost, right? This is a free service provided by the environmental department. Oh, yeah. Um, it, the mold, asbestos, and lead testing are all free. And then when it comes to the application, we'll just see if you're eligible, and then that would be through the grant. Okay. In terms of the process itself, how long does it take? Let's say, walk us through a situation where you go to someone's house and kind of take the steps to look for these different... Usually my environmental specialist, Cody, he and I, we kind of split up. So if you're wanting all three done, I will start the mold test because that one takes the longest because we have to test several different rooms and it takes 10 minutes in each room for that test to go through. Cody, he just walks through your house and puts the XRF on every painted surface. And then with asbestos, as we're going through looking at your house, we just look to see if there's anything exposed that could possibly be asbestos and we take a sample. Okay. So you're maybe looking at like an hour to a couple hours? It, we haven't we haven't gone over two hours. So okay. that, that would have been probably the longest. <laughs> so it's not like an all-day thing? Nope. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us. I hope people that hear this take advantage of this opportunity to make their home safer. And I look forward to speaking to you in the future about additional Carnation Environmental Department programs and issues.
right. Well, thank you so much. This is Kanza Radio, a service of the Kaw Nation of Oklahoma. The Kaw Nation Child Support Program is dedicated to providing a pathway toward strengthening family responsibility and thereby empowering children with opportunities for emotional, social, physical, and spiritual well-being. Find more information at kawnation.com. Sitting down with us is Lindsay Spotted Bear. She's the contact rep for the subsidy program for Con Nation Child Development Program. Thank you for sitting down with us, Lindsay. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your background. I know that you worked with the Child Care Development Program as a teacher for a number of years. Tell us a little bit about what led you into becoming the contact rep, which was a bit of a promotion. Yes, I had worked for a teacher for quite a few years with the kids. And when the contact rep position opened up, because the person that had previously been in that position was promoted to our director. I voiced that I was very interested in it, and I applied and ended up getting the position, which is awesome. Yeah, here we are. Tell us a little bit about this subsidy program. I know that it enrolls Native American children. It helps them afford child care, right? Yes, it's a program for Native American children that are enrolled, and it helps the parents to be able to afford child care or after-school costs. Okay. Now, is that income-based for the most part? Um, yes. It goes off their income and household size, and then we would figure those numbers, and they would come up with a copay. Okay. And this is above and beyond just the Con Nation Child Development Center, right? This is for a number of daycares, home child care, after-school programs. You mentioned that you work with in the neighborhood of 20 providers in the area? Yes, that's correct. We have daycare centers. We have after-school programs like Ponca City's Cat Care. We have some home centers. And you're across a number of counties as well. Yes, we cover Kay County, Cowley County, Sedgwick County, and Sumner County as well. Okay, so it goes into Kansas a little bit too. Now, one of your main objectives this year you mentioned is you really want to grow this program. You want to spread awareness and you want to let people know that you're out there and that these resources are there to help them, right? Yes, a lot of parents don't know about our program, and it's just a great resource for the Native American families. This program does a lot to help the families, like you mentioned. It also does a lot and provides resources for the child care providers themselves, right? Like the teachers and, and the people that work in these places. Yes, we're very fortunate to get different grants in, and we're able to help the providers themselves with getting equipment for the kids, books, bicycles, different things like that. Whenever a need arises, we can help cover those at different times. Excellent. And you're also able to kind of help with continuing education, right? And different like training programs, that sort of thing. We do a provider training once a year for all of our providers. And we usually have Lakeshore come and speak or other well-known speakers in this organization and field. Collaborating with other people is great. Yes. What are some of the other organizations and agencies that you're working with to grow and improve? this program and this subsidy? We have a coalition meeting that I go to once a month in Wichita at the Mid-American All-American Museum mm. and different organizations come and just kind of work together to to spread awareness, to spread awareness and get like-minded individuals together. Like Hunter Health puts on a lot of different things and then they have MMW organizations that get together just to try and promote people working together. That's incredible. So you're out there, you're doing a lot of things, you're working with a lot of different people, and you're actually very hands-on locally with the Caw Nation Child Development Program. 
And for anybody that's interested in contacting you and inquiring further about this program, is there a good phone number they could reach out to? Yes, they could reach me at my office. The number is 580-362-4114. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming in, talking to us a little bit. We're actually going to be getting some uh, promotional materials designed and put together to perpetuate out into the local communities to just basically let a lot of these parents know that this program exists. Um, I look forward to speaking with you again in the near future about developments with this program. And thank you again. Thank you. You're listening to Kanza Radio on 1230 WBBZ and 1047 The Bull. For more information, visit connation.com. Okay, today we have some really exciting things in the works. We actually have a full house today. We're sitting down with advocates of the OSU Community Wellness Programs. There's actually a total of five of us in here today. We have Chuck Lester, the grants manager. Jamila Alharake is the K County advocate. Cherie Hansen Brewer is another K County advocate. And we have Marcy Antonio, the grant coordinator. Thank you guys all so much for taking the time to come in and sit down with me today. You folks are doing some amazing work helping to spread awareness and education to our community regarding the issue of substance abuse. You guys are really out there fighting the good fight, and Connation is very grateful to be working with you, especially considering that a big part of your campaign is dedicated to informing and educating tribal communities. We're actually looking forward to working with you quite extensively. We plan to do a Conza Radio series of episodes with you guys, so this is going to be some some really fun stuff. I want to start by introducing all of you individually to our audience. Just tell us a little bit about yourselves, how you became involved with the OSU Community Wellness Programs, and a little more about your respective roles within the program. Sure. Uh, first of all, Great to be here. This is a really exciting opportunity for us to be able to sort of spread some of the work that we're doing to new populations and, and folks who maybe aren't familiar with what we do. We really, really appreciate the opportunity. So my name is Chuck. I am and the grant manager with OSU Community Wellness Programs. I started with OSU Community Wellness about 11 years ago. We were called OSU Prevention Programs then on a tobacco uh, cessation grant. So I was uh, running like the youth program side of that, uh, students working against tobacco, and then eventually uh, switched grants to uh, a grant that we're on now that's funded by the Oklahoma Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, um, and those were grants that all focused on like different substance misuse issues. So um, I've always kind of worked on alcohol in Payne County, but over the years we've had like a five-county area that we've worked on in sort of north-central Oklahoma. And now we are pretty substance specific. My name is Jamila. I grew up in Stillwater and I also grew up around OSU, but um, my background is not really in public health. I actually studied political science, international affairs, and I lived and worked overseas for almost 12 years working with um, different academic research institutions. And I worked in with a lot of refugee populations. So when I came back to Stillwater, I kind of realized in my own just experience how important um, public health work is to communities. And I really wanted to get involved. So um, when I saw there was an opportunity in Ponca, or sorry, K County, but um, my family has roots to Ponca City. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom grew up in Ponca when she was younger and lived around Newkirk area. And so I really thought it would be a great opportunity for me to um, combine both my experiences. And Chuck gave me an opportunity. And so far, things are going well. Um, I actually focus on the stimulant grant that we have in K County. Um, we have three grants in K County. And um, that's why we're a team of, you know, four in here um, because there's a lot that we're 
trying to bring to the community. Absolutely. But my specific focus is on prevention of misuse and use of stimulants. So. Stimulants, okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for bringing all your experience back home and, and helping out the community that way. I am Shree Hansen Brewer, and I am a new employee at OSU. I've been here almost a year. I started as a prevention specialist. I got my interest in working in prevention through, I was a probation and parole officer in Montana, and I saw the correlation of the drug addiction and alcohol addiction and mental health. So I became interested in that. So when I moved out to Colorado, I got a job in a crisis center at a hospital for substances. It kind of led me to this. I just want to work and work more on the preventing side instead of Mm -hmm. working on the side once there's issues from the substance abuse. And I work on the marijuana grant. So, yeah, I'm kind of seeing a trend here. So a lot of you guys have your, your respective type of substance that you specialize in which is really great. It, it puts more focus and effort in the in the right areas by the right people. Yeah, a couple of years ago, um, the Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services sort of changed the way that they worked on these grants. So we before we would have a regional area that we worked in pretty much everything, a couple of years ago, they changed them over so they're very substance specific. So we have the three coordinators for the different substances. And then overall, Um, We have five different substance use grants across three counties that I manage. So we have different folks assigned to each one so that uh, we can have a prevention professional attached to each different community. So Marcy, you are a grant coordinator, but are you also, do you have like the alcohol side of it or? Uh, Yes. Uh, So my name is Marcy Antonio and I am a grant coordinator, uh, just like uh, Cherie and Jamila. We're all K County grant coordinators. Okay. Yeah. And I oversee the alcohol uh, grant for K County. Okay. Yeah. And how I got into prevention work was really just seeing my own tribe. I'm, I'm a member of the San Carlos Apache tribe in San Carlos, Arizona. That's where I'm originally from. Okay. And really, I have a passion for working with, you know, Native American tribes because seeing from my own reservation, just seeing how substance misuse is so high and just how the rates are always seem to be high for Native American populations. That's always been my driving force, I think, when it comes to public health. And that's really what got me into public health, really, is, is just my passion for Native people. Yeah. And I hope to continue working with Native tribes, and I would love to work with all, all the tribes that I can. But, yeah, that's really how I got into prevention work, was really just looking at my own tribe and mm-hmm. just what I was exposed to. A lot of your passion for this kind of comes from your experiences at growing up around around your tribe definitely yeah I, I would say it it definitely influenced me to get into public health yeah that's incredible well as a tribe Ka nation is very happy to have people like you that are able to add that perspective to this overall effort that you guys are bringing forth now as part of this introductory show I would I'd like to basically outline some of the purposes and objectives behind our collaborative efforts specifically how are you going to directly benefit our tribal community. I was doing a little bit of research. I noticed that OSU actually ranked in the top 15% of best colleges in 2023 by College Factual. It's truly a tremendous university with a wealth of resources. Now, as part of your affiliation under OSU, I'd like to explore some of the ways that we can employ those resources to benefit the Ka Nation tribal members. 
a huge part of combating the dangers and potential damages of substance abuse is to educate and to spread awareness. That's a lot of what you guys are doing. One of the more effective ways to do this is uh, using statistics. As part of working together, I'm hoping that we'll be able to put together some solid statistics regarding substance abuse in K County, and more importantly, amongst our tribal members specifically. Is that something that we see as a possibility? I know that OSU has tons of research resources, and they can put together some, some rather incredible things for us to kind of open the eyes of our tribal members. Yeah, and I, I think it's probably helpful to talk a little bit about sort of what we do and because the approach that we take isn't always what people think of when mm -hmm. they think about prevention, especially in the old days. They may think about things like Red Ribbon Weeks or those kinds of efforts. But um, as prevention has really transitioned into a fully-fledged science of its own, the approach that we take is an environmental approach. So what we try and do is to come in and assess the environment that produces a behavior that may make it more likely for you to fall into substance misuse and abuse, or in some cases, the things that are protective in environment. So that may make an individual less likely to experience that over their lifespan. And once we have those sort of drivers isolated, then we'll try and work to sort of create or recreate those in the case of uh, protective ones, or um, in the case of risk factors, we may try and eliminate those in the community. And so it takes a lot of data. Our connection with OSU is important because of the resources that are provided by OSU being able to, to have these grants. But the grants themselves, really from the federal level on down, require us to use this process called the Strategic Prevention Framework. And the very, very first step in that is assessment. So we will pull all the data that we can find. Uh, and I mean, anything that you can think of as it relates to the issue of substance misuse in an area, if we can think of it, we'll try and find a data stream for it. Because that gives us a clearer picture of what the problem really may be. And mm -hmm. what, what, again, what's driving um, the issue as opposed to trying to solve it on the individual level where you're going to a person and saying, you're not making good decisions or we're going to fix you because that can be down to millions of factors. Mm -hmm. We try and look at the environment that's producing that individual and see if there's places that we can impact that. So we'll start with assessment and then we try and build the capacity of the communities that we're working with. That could be our community coalition or it could be a community as a whole. We always take intentional time to do strategic planning so that there's an actual intentional time to take all that data that you've collected, take all of the discussions and the capacity that you've built to tackle that problem and then make a plan. And then we'll do these evidence-based um, interventions. So we will look for things that we know have an impact or have had an impact somewhere in the world on substance misuse and abuse. And then throughout that entire process, we do an awful lot of evaluating too. So a lot of the work that these folks do is keeping track of our progress so that we can report that back and we can make sure that we are having the impact that we think that we're having. That's really the, the, the SPIF or the, the strategic prevention framework in a nutshell. And all the work that we do um, is required by our funders to follow that sort of process. So yeah, to, it's a long answer, but to get, back to, <laughs> to get back to your original question, the, the data piece of it is enormous. It's okay. enormous. Yeah. And as part of our collaboration with us working together, I'm more than happy to try to help on that side as well. I know a lot of our involvement on the Caw Nation side is getting the message out, you know, doing this radio show. Hopefully we can get some pieces in our upcoming newsletters with some of your efforts. But if there's anything we can provide to you and we'd have to probably get creative, I'm sure there's some things we can look at regarding data, some of that data you need. There might be some, some things we can look into to give you guys some really helpful information that 
is only going to benefit everybody. And that kind of leads me to the next thing. And you kind of touched on some of this with, with your answer to that previous question, but what are some of the additional OSU resources that may be available to our tribal members above and beyond education, awareness spreading? You mentioned um, kind of isolating different factors within the environments. Is there anything else that might benefit our tribal members that could be provided by OSU or be provided by your wellness programs? Things directly, resources directly, maybe on more of the the reactive side. I know you guys are really big into the prevention side, but I just really want to explore this relationship and, and see what type of resources are out there. I mean, I do think it's important to, to point out even things like at least two, uh, well, actually three of our community coalitions. Um, we have OSU Extension on board. So, uh, you know, for folks that aren't as aware of all the resources that fall under OSU Extension, they have an office in every every county in the state and a staff that the entire intent of Extension is to bring all of the research and resources that exist at the university out to a, a local community. So they run like the 4-H programs. They'll run um, a lot of the, the Extension Homemaker programs. Um, they've got a, a ton of programming that they're doing all the time and a bunch of resources that they're hooked into for sort of everyday stuff. We also, through medical school, we're one of the few Ryan White clinics for HIV testing and those kinds of things over in Tulsa. Okay. Um, there's the Center for Rural Wellness in Tulsa and the uh, Center for Wellness and Recovery that also does um, some good work um, and, and maybe coming into cake. So the I think that the thing that's tough about the university is that it's so massive. There are times when there'll be programs working in the same county and we don't always even know it until, oh yeah, you're here too. And so that communication piece can be tough, but there's a, a ton of stuff through OSU because it's a land grant and because they, they do take their land grant mission seriously, people can get tapped into for resources. Absolutely. Yeah. Abundance is a good problem to have, right? Absolutely. They do have an extension office in Newkirk, OSU. I know that our uh, Family Trauma Healing Center has been doing some work directly with the OSU Extension Office. Kind of goes with one of the things you mentioned. They have a class called Pathways to Success that they hold right there in the building. I think they even have like kitchens and stuff like that, that they they show people kind of life skills, uh, beginning families, that sort of thing. They they cover everything from, you know, how to, how to balance a budget, how to uh, manage finances, all the way to how to work on your vehicle or even the right way to buy a vehicle. Absolutely. They cover it A to Z. So that's a really, that's a really good resource. And uh, that kind of goes well with what you were mentioning. So as we continue to work together, as we continue to collaborate and find these, these amazing ways that we can help the community, what will that look like? What will a successful collaboration between Con Nation and everything we can offer look like working with the OSU community wellness programs? I just think it's really important to collaborate, to always have the tribe continue to be in partnership with OS, OSU to make sure that we're being culturally sensitive and respectful mm-hmm. of, the, of the tribe. Because I know with my own tribe, a lot of other programs will come in and sometimes they don't really know how to approach you know, prevention work or they don't know how to implement a program because there's a whole culture in a way of life that they're not really aware of. Yeah, so I, I think just continue to collaborate. I I think just learning 
from the community, what just in collaborating all every step of the way is very important. Um, Absolutely. And you bring up a really good point. I think being mindful of the cultural side of this will help to perpetuate our message further. We'll actually get in front of the right people and help them as opposed to just maybe seeming like we're just, we're we're not really aware of the cultural side and, and they Uh might kind of just like, it, it reminds me of when I'm flipping through my, my junk mail, right? If there's an envelope that has a certain look, I'm like, okay, that's getting thrown away. That's getting thrown away. So we got to make sure that we're presenting ourselves in a way that's received um, by Native Americans. And, and a lot of that is, is being sensitive to the cultural side of things. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, and the, the truth of the matter is, right, local people solve local problems. We're mm-hmm. not here to tell anybody, here's your solution. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to do is get shoulder to shoulder with the folks and figure out good, solid, science-driven ways to move forward um, and, and locate the resources together. But um, really, at the end of the day, having those local folks involved is key because they're going to be more capable, better served to be able to solve those issues than we would ever be. Working at more of a, a, a local, a regional level is is huge. Absolutely. Well, listen, thank you guys so much. This is a great conversation that we've begun, and I am excited to only continue it to sit down for further episodes in the future and start to get more into the actual details and essentially how we can help each other so thank you guys again so much um i look forward to talking to you again soon thank you thank Thank you you. you've been listening to conza radio a weekly update on the people events activities and services of the con nation for more information visit our website at connation.com or connation on facebook Listen again next week at this same time for another edition of Kanza Radio.